When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow, the Thursday edition. Hope everyone's having a great week. We're back, baby. That's right. Got Armando Salguero. He'll be back with us in 20 minutes. Joins us weekly each Thursday. has been, this is not because of Armando or any of our guests or Go anything ahead. else. Don't take this the wrong way. Go ahead. This has been the slowest damn week oh. of 2023 so far. I feel like it's Sunday <laughs> and it's Thursday. All week, well, I keep you know looking why? up and I'm like, what? how is it Tuesday? You how know, is it only when? And I'm looking now, how is it Thursday you know, this is why. at 3 o'clock? This is why it feels long for you. You every day have been checking the weather to see if you have a damn softball game. I think that's part of it. And it's Everything's been pushed, pushed back. back a day also. Yeah. That's making it longer. Practice with the softball team last night. That that made up the week a little bit the longer. Coach is antsy. He's ready to go. He's ready. Just, let's play. Let's. Just, I'm just like let's Tom play. Brady running out of the tunnel. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Ready to get this tournament. You know, really, really going. Already played one game or coached one game. Ready to coach another one. But it seriously does feel that, like that's this has been, been long this week. But doesn't it feel like every week has gone by super fast? Yes. We look at them and say, boy, how is it the weekend already again? Brooke, before the show, was saying, how long is this Charles Barkley clip? And I think I joked and said, hopefully an hour. (laughs) Let's just play that. Let's play that at 4 o'clock, and then this week will finally speed up. Here is our vow the rest of the way, Hutton. We're one hour down, two to go. We're going to make this show super quick for all of you out there. All of you that are watching on the YouTube channel where you can interact with us, we may even throw one of your comments up on the screen at some point. If you're watching on Twitter, if you're listening on one of our radio affiliates, our vow for the next one hour and 59 minutes, and maybe a little bit of change there, either way, we will make this fast-paced. That's our promise. You I ready? I'm ready. Let's go. I don't want right. the NBA playoffs to be fast in the conference finals. I think we've got two great series right now. I want game six, game sevens in this. And we're seeing that with, I, I believe we're going to see that with Nuggets and Lakers. Because based on what I saw, even though they lost the game, I think the Lakers can win that series. And I'd love to know the odds on them just to win the the series outright. And then there's Miami, the eight seed. And Jimmy Butler pours in 35 and does his thing. And, you know, you're just left going, man, Miami just continues to win on the road. They win game one on the road. Now, they then proceed to lose game two on the road in the previous two series that we've seen. But this is the underdog that is still heavily picked against in Vegas odds that are about to run it back and do it again. Boston is so inconsistent. And in, in, in some ways, individual players are throughout all four teams are very inconsistent night in, night out. But the consistency is Jimmy Butler and it's with Jokic. Those are the two teams with, with the most consistent players. Meanwhile, the best players, you could argue, the ones that truly take over the games are on Boston's lineup with Tatum, and then you have L.A. with A.D. Anthony Davis, if he brings what he brought in game one, the Lakers are winning that series. Butler can take over a game on the road, and it's just as though he's the league MVP all of a sudden. 
So I, I think you really got a pretty clear cut. We're, we're By the way, we are in the pocket right now for these NBA playoffs that every day yep. we've got the perfect every other day format yes. from here up to the NBA finals where there will be a little break before that. But you've got Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, staggered out. And I'm with you, Hutton. I hope it's a six- or seven-game series in both of those because this is terrific. You've got the best player left with the Nuggets in Jokic. You've got the best defender left with AD and the Lakers. We've got the best culture left with the Miami Heat and Heat culture from a team perspective. That leaves the Boston Celtics. And Jason Tatum just broke a Game 7 all-time NBA history scoring record with 51 points in a Game 7. But yet, I still don't quite know what the Celtics possess. And they're the heavy favorite. That's better than the other three teams. They're a very good team. They're they're the higher seed for a reason, based off their 82-game performance. And they're certainly not dead after losing one game in this series. But Hutton, I've got a hard time pinpointing, if we're trying to break this down and make it as simple as possible, what the Celtics have over the Miami Heat or over any of the teams that are left playing in these NBA playoffs. I, I agree. And everyone, including me, I'm not expecting the Heat to win this series, but I wasn't picking them in the previous series either. And playoff Jimmy Butler's a thing, man. He is so, he's so fun to watch. Um, I'd like to know what the odds were going into the playoffs with eight-seeded Miami Heat to win it all. And then to face... And someone got that, I'm and sure. And then to face uh, the Lakers. Yeah, to beat the number one seed in round and one. And face the seven. And then to beat, you know, the the Knicks in round two, uh, three seed, yep. I think the Knicks were. Three or four, No, right? four. They were the four seed. Yeah, it was been the four or five winner. And now to possibly beat the number two seed, Celtics. And then, you're right, the possibility of the seven seed. Good. In the NBA Finals. What a story. And then based on record, if I'm correct here, the Heat would have home court advantage. Didn't we hear that last week? Uh, just, just based on oh, what happened it, the regular based season. Based on record? Yeah. So yeah, the that, Heat, would, that would be something. They've had to be do, do everything on the road. And you can tell post-game they're tired of answering the questions about winning on the road. But that's, their, their answer was like, we're, we're the eighth seed, man. <laughs> we're supposed to have to go win on the road. They've been doing that. But with that group and with Jimmy Butler leading the way, yeah. it don't matter. That team is tough. When you watch Bam Adebayo, love watching the way he plays. That, mm-hmm. that whole team, there is something there. When they were locking down late in that game, when the Celtics were char- charging back after that 46-point third quarter by the Heat, and they, they lock it in. It, very impressive to watch. Not impressed uh, to, uh, to watch TNT last night if you were on YouTube TV. It crashed. You either got a screen that says it's temporary, uh, temporarily uh, down, or you change the channel while you watched other sports last night. And this is where the, the NFL is always top of mind because as they're temporarily down on the NBA in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, the retweets and quote tweets about this were about NFL Sunday ticket going exclusively to YouTube TV and how this can't happen whenever the fall rolls around. And it inevitably will. I mean, something like this will happen. But I didn't hear this. This did not happen to Amazon last year, Chad, right? No. At all. And I that don't was the big a single fear. big issue. That was the big fear. And they averaged, what, 9 million, 9, 10 million viewers? Yeah. Is what they were saying. 
Um, yeah, not a good look. It was a successful experiment for Amazon. But this, what, they, what they said. This would be a total meltdown, though, if it were an NFL Sunday. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the the short list of live streaming events here in the the recent history. You had the Chris Rock first ever Netflix live special. Yeah. And there were no big issues with that. They're a little awkward at times with the live part of it, with the pre-show and the post-show, but no big issues. They, they got it off without a hitch. Netflix recently did a, a, a very successful reality show for them. I don't watch it, but Love is Blind. They had a live special. Hmm. They had a return to a new season, or no, a reunion special with a season, and they went live, and they did not pull it off. It was down for the first eight minutes. They had to put something on the screen that said, we'll be there momentarily. Then they ended up just showing stuff that was pre-taped, and they had no live special. So complete meltdown the second time Hmm. they tried to do it. Now you've got YouTube TV with a problem. Talk to a few people that have YouTube TV. They said it's very rare they have any issue. It does happen. Yeah, my parents have it. At times, but very rare. So to your point, though, Hutton, it just feels like the NFL won't allow it. Like Things don't happen to that league. It can happen for an NBA playoff game. Heat Celtics, the whole system could go down. You could miss the final few minutes of that. But it feels like the NFL will see to it. Man. That won't be an issue with their Sunday ticket package. And that, that would be the discussion point, though. It would dominate the headlines that the NFL's gone digital. And they've and the headlines this offseason have been about digital. Yeah, it'd be a... a a digital version of the Heidi game With, from back in the day, right? I mean, it would we would talk about it years from now. History books would teach the time that the entire Sunday ticket went down with playoff games on the line at, at stake in week 15, and no one could see the games. We'll talk about it for years. I'm, I'm just thinking, like, man, for, for all of the millions and billions combined that are going to be spent over the next several years with the NFL on YouTube TV with NFL Sunday ticket, you've got Amazon Prime, and, and what they're doing, not just with the Thursday night schedule, but also the Black Friday schedule. And Peacock is going to have a playoff game, right? For the first time ever, they're going to stream a playoff game exclusive to Peacock and not to, you know, uh, another TV partner as well. So they, they've got to make this work. And this is kind of an afterthought based on game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. It's, it's, it's a big story with this one. It's a massive story if all of Sunday Ticket, for whatever reason, crashes or the whole YouTube TV system crashes on an NFL Sunday. And if it happens, I think it's almost better if it happens in week eight as opposed to week one. Because when it happens in week one, everyone's going to say, I told you so. The load this up. is screwed up from the beginning. The NFL is selling out and they're not helping their fans. And they sold out to someone who can't even execute what we need to see on a Sunday afternoon where there were no problems before with DirecTV. That's what everyone's going to argue. Um, so I think it's almost better to happen mid-season, late in the season, as opposed to week one if it goes down that way. Becky, but I don't think it'll go down. I, I'm with you. I just assume, man, if we can get a satellite to stream in, surely we can get some internet to work. Right? Yeah. Uh, Becky Hammond is denying any mistreatment of one of her former players, now former player, and Dierica Hamby, who was traded, and Hamby complained about being pregnant and the fact that the Las Vegas Aces and Coach Becky Hammond violated the respect in the workplace, workplace policy put forth by the WNBA. says that she was directly traded because of her pregnancy, admitted to uh, Coach Becky Hammond that it was unplanned, and based on Hamby's account, 
that's when Becky Hammond said that she should have done more to prevent the pregnancy if it was unplanned, knowing that she was playing for the Las Vegas Aces. Well, Hammond has denied this, and then the Aces also disagree with the WNBA's response, which is a two-game suspension, among other things, uh, but the two-game suspension for their head coach, and they released a statement on the league findings saying that they, they back their coach and that they're disappointed with the WNBA's resolution to this, which took two months of an investigation to play out. And of course, Becky Hammond, we mentioned this earlier this week, her first game back will be against De'Erica Hamby whenever uh, they face off against the Las Vegas Aces. I know Becky Hammond a little bit. I worked uh, with a team that she was on 20 years ago. Nothing but professional. Very nice. Very courteous to everyone around the team that I was with, interning for in college. Um, no reason to you know, doubt what she's saying. I do find it interesting, though, that what she denotes is that I've never had a bad text exchange. Or email. And I don't email my players. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you're saying something that anyone can prove to be true because there's no text trail, and that's a policy you have with yourself. But I don't know that you're necessarily denying everything that was said, right, in, in interpersonal face-to-face. She says, if I have an issue, I'm going to go to the player and talk about it. Here's another question I have. Who trades for a pregnant player? Well, I don't think she, was, she did. She disclose the pregnancy. I thought she was. I thought she's. Um, I thought she's had the child now. No, she has. But I'm, I'm saying I think when the trade happened, she was pregnant. Yeah, she and, was traded away. And she was because still working she was out and intended to play the season. Right. That was her argument. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. Again, so don't know the inner workings of WBA or what the rule is with that. But I'm thinking that's a good. I mean, I would think year. You know, you're away during pregnancy and then recovering after having the baby. So she traded away a pregnant player. I'm thinking, who the trade partner, how do you make that work if you're going to go about doing something like that? And she's playing for the Sparks now. So the, the other thing, too, is Becky Hammond is the one female coach that everyone points to that's going to be an NBA head coach. Um. But based on a statement I was reading from her, she said she wanted to stay in the women's game for now. At least I'm adding until in the she for gets now. an offer. Well, but there were rumors circulating that there were some teams interested in talking to her. She's interviewed. I know she interviewed for a few, well, and I think Carol Lawson is another for another the, woman yep. who's interviewed for some NBA jobs in the past. Yep. But if you know, it, she's not going to have to worry about pregnancies in the. Yeah, NBA. I want to say she interviewed for the Milwaukee Bucks job before they hired yes. Mike Budenholzer, yes. who's now fired. Um, and the, it was either the Raptors or the Hornets was the yeah. last one that was mentioned yeah. uh, for Becky Hammond. Chad, the Oakland A's, lowest attendance since the 1970s. Are we surprised? Well, let's go lower. Are we surprised? I want it to go down. Let's go. We can do better A's. Come on. Pull together, Oakland, and let's get less people in that building. Well, I mean, there is no one. I, I'm just, at some point, you're just like, yeah, just, let's just get on the bus and go to a high school in Vegas. Announced attendance of what, 2,000 and change? Yes. So that is every employee. That's everyone. Everyone. So, I mean, that's probably when you factor in anyone that's working a concession stand, anyone in the front office, everyone with the traveling crew, with the team, manager, coaches, players, everything. Animals. I'm going to say there's, yeah, I'm going to say there's like what, a thousand, maybe, that's actual fans in attendance. And that's probably inflated. I mean, it looks like I there mean, are 300 people, tops. 
in that stadium for that game. Yeah, and that was Monday's game against the Diamondbacks with, when this took place. I mean, it's, uh, it's an embarrassment. It's the, uh, the lowest announced crowd size for a home game in 44 years. It also ranks as one of the least attended Major League Baseball games in the league's recorded history. Just two other games have, had, have seen fewer fans outside of, of course, the 2020 lockdown. Well, this is where I vote for relegation in Major League Baseball or other sports. You shouldn't be allowed to have a Major League Baseball team if this is your status. As you try to move to another place, you should leave the league until you figure out where well, you're going to go and build a stadium. But the league... And now the problem is, I don't know if you've seen the latest story up at OutKick, they are thinking they're getting $395 million... From Vegas. ...in taxpayer money... And Vegas is saying, no, the proposal's for $195 million. That's $200 million difference. That, this is the same problem Oakland A's ownership had with the city of Oakland they're now having with Las Vegas. So not so fast on that happening. Yeah, but they're also getting uh, considerable help with the new stadium deal oh, outside of the taxes that we're talking about. Yeah, but they're claiming they need an, an extra $200 million well, it, so the, in public funding. And the, the league, and this happens in many leagues, we saw it with the St. Louis Rams. Um, the league is going to back the team owner because they get a chance to go to Los Angeles, right? In this case, the league is backing the A's quietly because they get a chance to go to Las Vegas. And they don't have to see that team play in that dump because of the back-and-forth negotiation that goes on, public and private funding, where it normally feels this way that you know the public helps fund the venture and the profits go to the privatization of the wealthy owners in this league. And I mean, if you want them in your city, you help fund that bill for the most part. Well, but if the, even uh, if Jerry, Jerry Jones is building that stadium, yep. but you know, that land he's leasing that land that is built on but the 99 if the, year if lease. the report is true and there's a $200 million gulf between what the A's believe they're getting from the state of Nevada and Las Vegas and what they're actually getting, what the proposal is in front of whoever's voting on it, that's a $200 million difference. If that's the case, I know a city that's just fine giving over a lot of public money to build a stadium and bring a team, and we're in it right now. Well, Point being, it's not just Vegas that will play ball. If the A's can find another place that will take them and give them even more taxpayer money to build a stadium and give them more free land in a prime real estate spot. It's not just Vegas that could do that. Coming up, Armando Salguero will join us. We'll discuss big money. You mentioned $200 million. Joe Burrow's contract negotiations. How are those going? We'll get an update there. Plus, the money that's going to be set aside for new ownership for the Washington Commanders in a new stadium deal there. Details next on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. 
And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Glad you're with us on this Thursday edition and each and every Thursday on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on the Outkick Network. We say hello to Armando Salguero, Outkick.com's senior NFL writer and reporter. Armando, great to see you, man. Hope things are well. Things are great. Outstanding. Couldn't be better. How are things going for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati with the, the contract negotiation? And what has been his approach to an organization that may not have as much cash on hand as other big-time org- organizations for escrow purposes and guaranteeing money of a contract purposes? Yeah, for Joe Burrow, things are great, outstanding, couldn't be better because uh, he's already rich and he's about to get way richer to the point where Jonathan, Chad, he is uh, very involved in the negotiations on this extension and he wants to drive it in a certain direction. And that direction is he is going to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. That's that's a given, Right. But they want to structure it in a way to where the Cincinnati Bengals can not only afford to do it, but then afford to keep the core players around Joe Burrow that makes Joe Burrow an outstanding player, continue to be an outstanding player. One thing I love about Joe Burrow is, unlike some other quarterbacks, Uh, He realizes and recognizes that it's not just him, that to be an outstanding and great quarterback, you got to have help. And you can't have help if your great weapons leave in free agency because someone else can afford them uh, and your team can't. So when, you know, Chase comes up, uh, Jamar Chase comes up on a contract and that extension will be next year. When Higgins needs to re-sign, that also will happen next offseason. He wants to make sure that these guys continue to be on his team. They're both 1,000-yard receivers, and he wants to make sure that he's got 1,000-yard receivers. Otherwise, he's not a 4,000-yard quarterback. So how do they go about that process? Is it voidable years on the back end of a contract that the guarantees are spread out? Because the guaranteed money can only be spread out over, what, five years? Is that the rule? Is that why it's generally a five-year contract for a player? Well, you know, sometimes it's not. Pat Mahomes being uh, the obvious exemption, his was a 10-year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was 10 years and like half a billion dollars or a quarter of a billion dollars. I don't really remember what the the, the money was there, but it was a lot. And I'm not sure how the Bengals, you see, the Bengals present some problems and you mentioned them earlier on. They're not exactly a wealthy organization. Uh, You know, if you look at the 
uh, player poll with the NFLPA. There was complaints about the Bengals. They charged, or back in the day, they used to charge for soft drinks in their, uh, you know, in their vending machines. They don't have an indoor practice facility still, right? They do not. And uh, they are, they are expecting to get one, but right now they do not. You're correct. Maybe that Joe Burrow can put that in his contract too. Yeah, as a, as if a anyone can get it built, it's probably uh, <laughs> Joey B. Where does he rank on the Tom Brady willingness to sign team friendly deal spectrum? If we're looking at quarterbacks in recent history that would go out of their way, as you're talking about Armando, to help the club with how the deal is structured to make sure you can sign players because he's going to be the highest paid quarterback. <laughs> so it doesn't look like he's going to you know, give them a hometown discount, but his willingness to structure in a way that will give them a discount. Yeah. Well, we're going to see how it, it plays out. Obviously he's talking a good game right now. Most guys don't mention the, the idea of even needing to make sure that teammates are going to be okay. He has stepped out and, and done that this week. So I assume that he's for real. Now we're going to know if he's for real when, you know, he puts a J and a B and an O and a couple of R's and another O and a, and a W on a contract. But again, if, if you believe what he says, he is going down, he is going down that Avenue and, I'm impressed by it because, again, what other quarterback can we discuss that went down that other avenue? I, I, Kyler Murray didn't. Lamar Jackson didn't. Uh, I don't remember Jalen Hurts doing it one way or the other. So who other than Joe Burrow can we remember that said, I got to make sure that I've got guys around me because it's not just about me. So the connection between Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings a little bit different between the connection between Joe Burrow and, and his current team right now. Story up at OutKick right now, Armando, where the Vikings have scrubbed their social media of Dalvin Cook, and this is signifying what about Dalvin Cook and what's going to happen next? <laughs> Nothing good because, uh, first of all, let, let, let's back up a little bit. This is such a late generation thing. Uh, you know, this is such a passive aggressive young people being young people. We're going to show our displeasure with you by scrubbing you of our social media. And by the way, Dalvin Cook did it as well. In fact, he did it first a couple of weeks ago. So it, it's, they don't come out and say, but they come out and say, it's it's the I love the dynamic to be honest. It's with you, effective. It's, it's also effective when they do it. It's always something, right? This when AJ Brown with the Titans, you know, there when people make moves like that, it's immediately noted by fans and then media. Absolutely, Kyler Murray did it last yep. year. Uh, Quinnen Williams mm-hmm. put on his Twitter account, defensive tackle for the blank. <laughs> And he took the Jets off of there. And, it, you know, obviously he wants a contract extension as well. So I, 
that in itself is, uh, I just get a, a chuckle out of the whole dynamic. Having said all that, the Vikings asked Dalvin Cook to take a pay cut. Dalvin Cook said, kick rocks. <laughs> Dalvin Cook said, I don't take pay cuts. You gave me this contract, and that's the way it is. The Minnesota Vikings said, okay, we're going to trade you. They didn't say it to Dalvin Cook. They haven't said it to anyone else, but they've had those internal conversations. And, oh, by the way, they've taken calls for trading Dalvin Cook, except that no one is stepping forward to this stage and to this point. So the Minnesota Vikings are kind of in a no-man's land of you're either going to back down, which is hard for them because Dalvin Cook is on the books for $14 million of salary cap space this year, or they're going to wait until June 1st and designate him to be cut and cut him after June 1st and take the savings and forward they go. Not many options for Dalvin Cook right now currently. Armando, that's the other thing. Like Everyone was mentioning Miami, and then Miami went out and drafted A-Chain from A&M, and they've got four or five deep in their running back rotation now based on players they've acquired at the trade deadline last year or through free agency. And, you know, I think the other spot that many people are talking about is Dallas. But, I mean, who knows what Dallas ends up doing at running back. So, point being, it's going to be Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott on the open market, and they're not going to find the money they were getting. And I guess Cook is saying, hey, I'm going to find more for one year than what the pay cut offer was in Minnesota. I guess that would be the argument. I, I'm in the minority. Dalvin Cook is from Miami. I'm from Miami. I think Dalvin Cook rocks. And I think Dalvin Cook is a really good player. Yeah. And I would want him, I would want him on my team. Um, obviously, people forget what he is capable of. I know the Buffalo Bills don't forget because that was Dalvin Cook going, what, 65 yards against them last year uh, when they – you know, had authored a comeback and all of a sudden the comeback goes poof because Dalvin Cook, you know, got past the line of scrimmage. So I, I really like the guy. I think he's a dynamic player. I know that his yards per carry last year was down all the way down to 4.4 yards mm-hmm. a carry. Terrible. I think he's dynamic. I think he is a, you know, lightning in a bottle still at 28 years old. And even though he is not going to get what he's currently due, uh, someone is going to step forward. I wouldn't, I would say if he is cut, he'll be on the market for maybe a week and someone will, will step forward and pick him up. Josh Harris is going to be at some point approved as the new owner of the Washington commanders. That sale has been announced through Dan Snyder and through the Harris group uh, and money is a big part of it from the stadium in reports of one and a half billion dollars is what would be set aside on behalf of the city and the area, the government from the area to help fund a new stadium for the Washington commanders with new ownership. It had nothing to do with Harris as much as it was Dan Snyder wasn't the owner any longer. So I would expect that this progresses fast, but I did read your piece where, um, we're not going to see this voted on at the NFL owners meetings later this month. Correct. So on a NFL conference call this afternoon, which I was on, they, they announced that they are not voting on the Josh Harris ownership 
in the coming week, which is when the NFL owners will meet in Minneapolis for the spring meeting. So it, it's, it's going to take a while longer. Um, I would say to you that $1 billion by local government is not going to get it done. I know that they're trying to get it back to the uh, location of the old RFK Stadium in D.C. proper, which, by the way, if you ever went to a game at RFK Stadium, and I had, I had the pleasure of doing that in the 90s when the Redskins were the Redskins, it was crazy. That place actually moved up and down in the press box. You'd sit in the press box and you're doing this because uh, it was, I don't know that it was unstable, but it was. Certainly, it certainly was feels that way. So, sounds unstable. I don't, I don't think that's normal. That's natural. About as stable as a carnival ride. The way you were just moving, Armando, well, I don't think you're supposed to move seated, seated <laughs> in a stadium. So I'm going to say that's not, no, I, not a good thing. I get it. I, I mean, maybe I was too young and stupid to realize, wow, this is, this is problematic, but I thought it was cool. You're on the teacups at Disney world, apparently when you're at RFK back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I I would say to you that in the greater Washington DC area, $1 billion, $1 billion is not going to be enough to cook up a brand new stadium. I would say it's going to take at least three times that, maybe four times that. That ride that was on the the old RFK stadium that he's referring to came free with the purchase of internet in the <laughs> uh, in the press box there through the team, uh, no doubt. Armando yeah. Salguero with us here what on a, Outkick. What an organization. So, Armando, uh, Matt Ryan, what is more likely to happen? He completes an entire season as an analyst with CBS Sports this next year or he is a starting quarterback for an NFL team at some point in the 2023 season. Yeah, you remember, you guys are, are almost old enough to remember Johnny Carson and yeah. Karnak. Oh, of course. Remember Karnak? Yeah. Uh, where he would, uh, you know, predict, like, something coming up. You'd have to predict an injury to a, to a starting quarterback on a team that is in the hunt for a playoff spot and needs, you know, someone to come in and whose coaching staff has some familiarity with Matt Ryan and who Matt Ryan has some familiarity with their system so that he can come in and help right away. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, you know, steps that you got to climb to, to make that happen. I, I don't know that, there is all that many options out there. I know right now no one is eager or willing or desirous of having Matt Ryan on their roster, much less to compete for a starting job. And so he's going to be on TV, and God bless him. I'm sure he's going to be good. But the idea of him playing again this year or any year, that's that's a very low percentage, I would say, because it's not like the door is way open on the fit. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and, and you know what, though? He will get the, the calls that Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees were receiving the last several years. There's a story out every year, at least with one of them reportedly getting a call at some point. Didn't Rivers get a call last year, too? 
from someone? Probably. Or am I making that up? Or did he just consider coming out of high school football coaching to quarterback again or something? Was calling people. That's right. Yeah, I think that, you're right, Armando. The other end, he was picking up the phone and calling. Some hey, people. Shanahan, you need any help? Yeah. Sorry, I got big Guys, Ben on the I'm, other line. I'm still here. I'm still in great shape working with these <laughs> high school kids every week. Armando, it's crazy. Thank you as always, man. I always love the the conversation, and we'll catch up next week. Thank you, man. Armando Salguero. Check him out uh, on outkick.com. Great coverage there of the National Football How League. about that description of the, the ride he was on at R- the old RFK? Man, some dangerous times covering games I there. Mean, it's like I've often thought, like, I can't imagine now, like, wanting to go through, like, the the mega do you uh, the county fairs like the the uh, oh carnivals the the mega wheel or like the uh, the tilt a whirl the Himalaya I'm trying to think of all these things oh, that are you could not pay me that are put together money. about as well as Ramondo's chair I mean I I have a problem with motion sickness on rides like that remember Michael McHenry we showed the pitcher that threw up on the mound oh, yeah. and had to leave the game yeah and I asked him if he ever felt sick during a game and he said he'd He'd throw up into his mouth, yeah, and like and hold he, it. He would refuse to do it on the plate. Hold until it he got in, it. and then like make it to the dugout. Um, I did that once on one of those carnival oh. rides, and I somehow did it <laughs> and didn't let it go. It was like one that was spinning, so it would have gone straight back into someone else. And I was probably nine or ten years old. It was at a place called Lake Winnipesoka, outside of Chattanooga, I believe, <laughs> with a buddy of mine, and we're at one of these little bitty theme parks on a ride that spins and spins and spins. And I threw up and was able to hold it in. And then I just like spit it up into a bush when I got, <laughs> off, the, got off the ride. I, I don't know. I could not do it again if you put a gun to my head and said, you have to do this again. Pull this up. Do it again. Physically, I could not do it again. I have no idea how I threw up into my mouth, left it there for the remainder of the ride, and then spit it out in the bushes when I was done. It, it's one of life's big question marks. What Chad's describing. It was a it was a medical there, miracle. There's another. I should one. be studied by like Harvard Medical for what I was able to accomplish at nine years old on that ride on in Lake Winnipesoka. Based on, based on how many years Stetson Bennett was in college, also he should medical, have his MD. Med- he, should, he should have uh, you know Stetson Bennett abilities. could conduct the study on me to figure <laughs> out what is wrong with me or right with me that I was able to accomplish. Somehow this. there are reports that Stetson Bennett. Never graduated, never received his degree at Georgia, despite all of the coverage of the six-year quarterback at the back-to-back national championship winning UB. We, we discussed how that is possible. That's next on Hotline. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Honey Withrow with you for Hot Mike across the Outkick network, which you can find at outkick.com and also on our YouTube page. Just search out Outkick. We'll help you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Get alerts. You can ring the bell. You can like the post and the live stream as well. We appreciate that. Join us in the chat. Chad is in the chat right now at the Outkick YouTube page. Ring that bell. Hit that thumbs up. Do all those things when you go to the YouTube page. You can do them all right there. Very easy. Coming up tonight on uh, that page, you've got Tommy Lair and his fearless. Tommy's guest tonight. She goes one-on-one with punter Matt Ariza, the punt god from San Diego State, who the Buffalo Bills cut recently after finding out that, that he was alleged to be involved in a gang rape back in college. No criminal charges were brought forward, and 
the DA said there's not enough evidence to prosecute. Meanwhile, a civil case is continuing, but Ariza's trying to clear his name and get back into the league after the DA cleared him based on the fact they weren't bringing charges forward last December. Uh, looking forward to that chat. That's coming up tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern with Tommy. Yeah, definitely one to pay attention to. Uh, I'll be watching, seeing what uh, Matt Ariza has to say and, and what you know he thinks about what's next for him and if there's any kind of timetable or if his agent or anyone's heard anything about possible interest from the NFL and when he could be punting again. You don't get a name like Punt God without oh, being very good yards at, plus at was... that skill. And I, I, I think it's just a matter of time now before he gets another opportunity. Well, the joke was, hey, uh, of course, Buffalo ends up with the best punter for a team that doesn't even punt all that often. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a question. Um, I don't know if Tommy's going to ask that to him, but I'd love to just ask, separate of this interview, maybe a little bit more lighthearted uh, subject matter, but I'd ask him, would you ever consider as a free agent, you know, not being drafted, but the picking the team the with the worst offense? <laughs> like, would you ever come out and say, you know, they ask you, why did you sign here? And you say, uh, because Sam Howell's the quarterback? Because we punt six or seven times a game? Yeah. I picked the worst quarterback in the league. <laughs> That's why I decided to sign with your football team. This is the worst offense in the league. I'm going to get plenty of opportunities to punt. Stetson Bennett is now in Los Angeles. He's with the Rams and showing off the arm. Speaking of the, you know, the punt god, you've got Stetson Bennett making highlight reel bomb throws at uh, OTAs that I'm, I'm seeing on social media. Grew up a massive Georgia Bulldogs fan. Um, grew up in Atlanta, born in Atlanta. Went to Pierce County High School and walked on at the University of Georgia where his dream was to play quarterback for the University of Georgia. His dream wasn't to graduate within six years, <laughs> but his dream was to play quarterback. And I, I am dumbfounded. He didn't go there to play school, it right? Is, he didn't uh, dream about a it, diploma. It, Cardell Jones. And look, one thing I don't care about whenever we're talking players, like, hey, let me see your diploma, please. I, I've never been asked to produce my diploma for anything. And... I, I do find I do find it extremely difficult though to be in college for six years, especially Stetson Bennett, and not be a, and, and not I wouldn't say not be able to graduate. I think you almost have to try to be Van Wilder at this point. And when you think about the how does he pull this off? Well, he walked on. Was he there for a semester at Georgia before he was told, "Hey, this was 2017. Hey, you're not going to." You need to go somewhere else and play, and maybe we'll consider you later. Then he goes to Jones Community College, I believe. Is there for one year. Not the the credits there don't necessarily have to transfer back. <laughs> Is to it the even university. a school? I mean, you know, what the, some of these uh, JUCOs. Who knows? Jones College in 2018. The transfer, the the credit transfers don't necessarily all come with you based on which university you choose. So maybe that's part of it. But Chad, I mean, that this is like maintaining just a minimum GPA and not having to or or having to take or retake courses in the summer in order to stay academically eligible for college football purposes. But I mean, it, it is a it's a quest to not be able to graduate college now in six years. I mean, and apparently he's done it. I don't I'd like to know how close he is to graduating. Is it like one volleyball course well, away, like so one credit hour? 2017, and I don't, I, I can't tell if he left it after the fall, in you know, in the next semester or after a full year. But he was a walk-on quarterback in 2017 at Georgia. Mm -hmm. Then the next season, he was at Jones College. 
Then in 2019, he was back at Georgia. He didn't leave. 2019, 2020, let's count them up. 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022 at Georgia. This is after it may be a full semester at least, maybe one full, two full semesters, maybe more if he got there in the summer before his freshman year. Yeah. I don't understand how the guy yep. was academically eligible to play. He clearly was a huge hit to their Georgia football APR, their academic progress report, because he was not on any path to graduate. He's there for five years and didn't get one degree. And one of them was the and COVID And you can't year. leave when you're the quarterback at Georgia or any school. You're not leaving in the summers. He's there every semester. I would think, I would think not, yeah. But but you don't have you don't you can still be with the team in the summer, but not enrolled in courses in the summer. So it doesn't. This is just this because is, he's there year round doesn't mean he's enrolled look, in the summer. It's a story. Maybe he comes out he's like, no, I, I graduated. You know, the, the, I'm getting my degree whenever or whatever. I don't think it's going to happen. And there'd be some record of it somewhere in the registrar that he would have graduated. This is a remarkable feat. I know I, by Stetson Bennett that I mean guys are getting degrees in two and a half years. Will Levis. It's has hard to his, think of a lot of quarterbacks. Will Levis has especially. a master's degree. Again, the difference in the quarterback position, and other positions. Hard to think of a lot of quarterbacks who could go to school for seven years Will, and not get a single degree. Will Levis has a, a graduated from Penn State and Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> I think Joe Milton at Tennessee has graduated from Michigan in three years and is now working on a third degree <laughs> from Tennessee. And he's barely been a starter at. He's about to start this upcoming season. Stetson Bennett couldn't get one degree? One? Again, there is a trick to this. I don't know it. There, all these court... I did, mean, the trick change, is... No, did he change a major? If he changed a major, not all the credits would have transferred over for that major. Maybe that was the trick. He was still there five years at one school. I know. If you flip to your, get your MD instead the, of your Bachelor's the of the Arts, is Georgia, not everything rolls over. Georgia's cheating their ass off. That's the trick. John Morant, next. <laughs> 